The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. An assassin's bullet takes its time to find its target. We take a look at a shaman who would do anything to avoid repaying his swindled customers. And then finally, we take a look at another topic on the conspiracy iceberg. This one has been mired in conspiracy theory for decades. But today, we ask the question, did JFK shoot himself today on Dead Rabbit Radio? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day, too. The merch store is up. It is ready to go. If you need a t-shirt or a coffee cup or travel mug, stickers, a little poster, it's all there. The link is going to be the first link in the show notes. Same thing on YouTube. It's going to be the first link down. I already bought a shirt and a sticker from there. It's dope. I've already tested the quality. And again, thank you for the art of Grant Scott and Ash Black. They're the ones who designed everything. It looks amazing. The shirt is dope. I love the shirt. I love the stickers. There's just so much stuff. We have a clock, a dead rabbit clock. Check that out. But anyway, so that'll be on the links there. Okay, let's go ahead and get started with the episode because we got a, a lot to cover. Usually when we have three stories, we don't have a lot of time to kind of bandy about. First story we're going to cover is a story that is most likely not true. However, it's possible. Definitely possible. And this is actually a request from George through email. Listener George. That's not his name, not Listener George. <laughs> Instead of Curious George, you have a dude named Listener George, a little monkey. That's just eavesdropping on people all the time. Listener George discovers where the moanings come from. Little monkey with his ear to the... Sorry, George. I, don't, I hope you don't think I'm making fun of you. Anyways, George emailed this to me. It's the story of the patient bullet. Very simple story. But it was in Ripley's Strange Coincidences. So it's one of those stories that have probably been passed down over the years. The year is 1893. We're in Honeygrove, Texas, which sounds like the most delicious city you could ever live in, other than, like, Chocolate City. There's a guy named Henry Ziegland, and he's dating this chick, and then he's like, nah, I don't want none of this no more. And the girl's like, what? And he just leaves. Now, she is so... I guess this started off a little funny, because the next part is, she's so heartbroken that he left her, she kills herself. So that's not funny. And then her brother, this is actually quite a sad story now that I remember. So Henry, Henry, Henry's like, dude, he, he just totally ghosts this chick. She ghosts herself. That might be in bad taste. But then her, <laughs> and then I just continue. Then her brother is like, I got to go shoot Henry. So he finds Henry on his property and he's like doing old timey stuff, sawing a log, lighting a fire, making a billows, something. And the brother shows up and is like, my sister killed herself. Because of you. And Henry's like, you know, kick bricks, dude. Like, get out of here. Like, your sister, I didn't want to be with her no more. I got, you, you can't make me date, date your sister. But then the brother pulls out the gun and shoots Henry. <laughs> and Henry falls backwards. 
And then the brother goes, oh my god, what have I done? Well, at least I got vengeance for my sister. And then the brother shoots himself and kills himself. And around that time, Henry gets up off the ground and was like, oh, what? And he got shot. The bullet simply hit his face, gave him a little cool scar, and went into the tree behind him. Which I should have said earlier, he was standing in front of a tree. I'm like one of those guys who tells jokes, and then right when he gets to the punchline, is like, oh, I forgot. Okay, so there was a penguin in this joke. So anyways, he was standing in front of the tree. The bullets cuts his face, lodges in the tree. The brother kills himself, joins his sister in the afterlife. So anyways, now we're jumping ahead 20 years. It's 1913, and Henry Ziegler's like, you know what? I need to clear out my property. Has some bad memories. I think that tree over there is where I got shot in the face. But I did get this cool scar. It allowed me to pick up a bunch of chicks and ghost them too. And he's like trying to saw it. Can't saw it. Trying to axe it. Can't axe it. They didn't have chainsaws back then, I don't think. Wait, maybe they did. But anyways, he, he can't get it. He can't get access to a chainsaw. In Honey Grove, Texas, they're illegal. So he gets some dynamite and he's like, I'll just blow the tree up. Which people do do that, especially back then. Blows the tree up. I wonder what a tree would sound like as it exploded. Would it be all sappy? Would you hear like... <laughs> like you would actually hear the gooiness explode? Anyways, Henry wasn't able to tell us the answer to that because when he blew up the tree, the bullet that was lodged in the tree flew out, went into his brain, killed him 20 years later. Whether or not that story actually happened, <laughs> it, it may not have. But yeah, it's just one of those weird coincidence stories. And you know what? Now that I, I told that story, I guess it'll be a good bookend for when we talk about JFK getting shot. But before we move on to that one, let's move on to our new news folder because we have a little mystery for you. Little little mystery. We're in Jakarta, which is a country out in the ocean. So, series of islands in the ocean. You can hear the confidence in my voice when I say that. It's December 9th, 2004. Cops get a really weird call. All day long, they're getting these calls. Someone's dead in my house. Well, not not in their house. Not like someone dropped a body out there. They'd be like, my aunt, she lives in a house, and she's dead. They're like, what? And they go, you know, a couple of cops are like, hey, let's go check out this house. And they get another call. They're like, hey, hey, there's someone dead in my house, too. And they're like, what? And they're driving over there, and people are, like, waving them down. As <laughs> their police cars got on the street, they're like, dead bodies, dead bodies. The cops are like, what is going on here? Seven people dead. Five people found dead in their homes. Two people dead at a local cemetery, and two sick in the hospital. Cops are like, what the hell? This is Jakarta. Why are all these people dead? And they don't know why they died. It wasn't like they all had, like, knife fights. There's just a bunch of bodies laying around. Seven people. And so they started talking to the two people who are sick, and they're like, what's going on? Like, do you happen to know? Well, actually, no, I don't think that's how it worked. I think they're trying to figure out a connection between all the people. I don't think they just walked to random sick people in a hospital and asked, do you know anything about these murders? I think they tried to make connections between the people, and they realized that the dead people were in the same social circle as the sick people. So then they're like, that's the way you do it, officer. Don't just walk up to the burn ward and say, who committed a crime? You have to know who you're talking to. 
officer's like, okay, thank you. They go to the sick people and they go, hey, what happened? Do you know anything about why all these bodies are here? And the sick people are like, (coughs) that wasn't a sound effect. That was actually me coughing. I'm still terribly sick. Not super terribly. But anyways, so the sick people are like, yeah, we do know them. We all use the same shaman. So there's a shaman in town called Iskander. And he he was a grifter. He was basically a scam artist. And he told these people, if you pay me 10 million rupees, you will get a lifetime of riches. Now, 10 million rupees is only about $1,100 in U.S. money. So it's not like a huge amount, but it's more than, you know, you would want to give to just a scam artist. And they started saying, hey, you know, when's our riches coming? When's our riches coming? And the shaman realized that he had ripped off too many people who kind of knew each other and that things get really, really bad. So instead of like fleeing town or making up some more magic stuff that like scares him away. Well, he kind of did that. Actually, he created a magic brew and said, "Okay, if you guys want all your money, you got to drink this. But... Don't put it down, put it, put, put it down. You have to drink it in your own house. Because he didn't want a bunch of bodies in his shop. Which is quite clever, actually. But anyways, he says, take it home. I think two of the people probably went to the cemetery because they thought it was going to be, like, extra ghosty if they drank it around dead people. But yeah, that's how all these bodies got everywhere. It was one dude killing a bunch of people on the same day. And they just went home and they're like, okay, if we drink this magical potion, we'll get our money. Glow, glow, glow. And the two people who just got sick either had an immunity to it or they watered it down. They're like, ah, I don't need, like, super magic juice. They're, like, adding some orange juice to it. Little V8. They drink it and they're all... And they're like, that's weird. And they're like, why am I vomiting? And they're like, oh, yeah, because they added the V8. And someone else is like, no, no, I think you're poisoned. And he's like, uh, I don't know. It might just be the V8. V8 is the grossest drink ever. And I don't know if people still drink it, but when I was grow when I was growing up, people would crack open cans of it and just it's tomato and celery juice mixed together. It's like what is it? Eight vegetables? That's why it's called V8. Ugh. I'd rather drink shaman juice than V8. I'd take my chances. I met this beautiful woman last night. We're getting along, having fun. And then I think to myself, I got a daily podcast to do. Really, really, really putting a cramp on my social life, guys. But it's a lot of fun. So we say au revoir to the young maiden. And we say au revoir to the shaman. He's in prison now. And we're going to Dallas. We are going to... Hey, whoa, whoa. Oh, I should have probably put those together better. Because we were just in Texas. And then we flew to Jakarta. And now we're back in Dallas. Now, just right off the bat... I'm not going to go over, like, everyone knows the JFK conspiracies. And that's the, like, there's multiple shooters, or that it was the mob, or it was this or that, or and stuff like that. And I'm not interested in any of that. I've always considered JFK one of those baby's first conspiracies. Where it's just like, yeah, whatever. So I'm not going to get into all of that stuff. I find it relatively boring. What we're going to talk about right now, though, is quite interesting. And it's the, it's on the conspiracy theory iceberg. And it's just three words. Well, actually, three letters, two words, unless you count the letters in those words, but JFK shot himself. Now, 
again, this is where we're going to have to say that this conspiracy theory is probably a joke, but there's some interesting theories that have popped up from it. First off, I'll let you know this. If you aren't eating jelly or any sort of like red substance, you can always go to the Wikipedia page for bullet trajectories for JFK. You get a nice photo of his brains coming out of his head. Did not expect that. Did not expect that. And it's so funny. There is a drawing of a skull. They're trying to show like a forensic drawing of the bullet entering the skull, right? And this is on the Wikipedia page. It'll be linked here. There's a drawing of a skull. And there's a bullet going into it. And then there's pieces of the skull. So you see the skull fragments go, just kind of flying off in every direction. It looks like so Stan Lee drew it or something. And it says at the bottom, let me actually read this to you. So the drawing is a bunch of skull fragments coming off this drawing of a skull with an outline of Kennedy's face around it. And it says the skull fragments are shown exploded for illustrative purposes. Most stayed attached to the skull by skin flaps. So someone was <laughs> someone was drawing the president's skull and then went like made them fly off in every direction. It's super bizarre. They didn't need to even have them on there. Okay, the reason why the vocals have changed is not because there is a CIA agent standing in my apartment right now. And he told me to edit the podcast because it got too close to the truth. No, actually, as I was editing it, I was like, I talk about nothing for the next 30 minutes. Like, I could totally make this shorter. So I apologize if there's a bit of an audio change. Generally, like, anything, because the mic's so sensitive, anything can cause the audio to be a little bit different. If it's noticeable, that's why. I recorded the first segment in the morning. Now it's 10 o'clock at night. The episode's usually uploaded by now. But I was like, I can make it more succinct. We're really going to look at... Three possible scenarios with the idea that JFK shot himself. One is a conspiracy theory that popped up on 4chan. One is a conspiracy theory that is kind of known, a possibility type of thing. And the third one is, truly, could JFK have shot himself? And all of them deal with them shooting himself. But the first one, the one that popped up on 4chan is this. John F. Kennedy shot John F. Kennedy. But, a little asterisk there, John F. Kennedy shot a reptilian disguised as himself. So what happened? This conspiracy theory on 4chan goes like this. The reptiles, after Roswell, after aliens have made contact with the planet, have decided to start infiltrating our government with the help of insiders in the government and just, you know, just being reptilians and being able to do what they want because they got laser beams and stuff. And John Fitzgerald Kennedy could not stand this. They're like, hey, John... Meet your replacement. Ah, pleasure to meet you, John. How do I look in your skin? John Kennedy's like, I fought in World War II. I can fight in World War... The... Alien. And then he just runs away, and everyone's like, why did it take him so long to come up with that joke? Anyway, so... John F. Kennedy's like, I have to defeat the reptilian menace. I can't let people be taken in by the reptiles. So, he went to the grassy knoll, and as the car was driving by, reptilian JFK, I love these people. They look so delicious. And Jackie's like, what did you say? And he's like, I meant they look like good constituents. And she's like, okay, that's what I thought you said. (laughs) Anyways, JFK loads up his rifle, sees it coming down, sees the 
thing coming down. <laughs> That's one reptile who won't be evolving. Runs away. And someone's like, why does that guy have such a hard time coming up with jokes? They should write themselves. Or technically, you should write them before you say them. JFK's just running away. Now, obviously, there's a couple of problems wrong with that. I mean, other namely the fact that shape-shifting reptiles don't exist. But let's pretend they do exist for a second. If I was a shape-shifting reptilian, I wouldn't assume the shape of somebody and then let them know and let them leave. I want to be like, ha-ha, now I'm you. So, what are you doing this afternoon? Like, no, you would kill that person right away. And John F. Kennedy, I mean, yeah, he was a war hero, but he wasn't Jason Bourne. It's not like he could be knocking out Secret Service agents and stuff like that. Plus, they would have been looking for him. And John F. Kennedy is quite recognizable, so it's not like he could have hidden out. It's not like he could have put a patch on his eye, and they're like, who are you? And he's like, um, Bobby Kennedy? And they're like, oh, you're the Attorney General? He's like, no, 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 I meant uh, somebody else Kennedy. So he's really, John F. Kennedy, not many people knew this, he was really bad at coming up with jokes and aliases. And again, let's say that JFK was replaced with a shapeshift. Just the very idea makes me laugh. JFK was replaced with a shape-shifting reptilian. Nobody noticed? I mean, here's the question I have with that. Is everybody replaced by a shape-shifting reptilian? Like, all of them? Every Secret Service agent? Jackie Onassis? Lyndon B. Johnson? Are they all reptiles? Because at a certain point, if JFK became a reptile, or if JFK was a shape-shifting reptile, all of a sudden, like, he wasn't always that. He just is one now. Secret Service agents would be like, isn't that weird how he's very, JFK's become very protective of his eggs recently. They're like, yeah, that is kind of weird. Like, he used to just, where, actually, no, here's a better question. Where's he getting these giant infant-sized eggs from? Jackie O's, have you seen my husband? And the Secret Service agent's like, yeah, he's, uh, he's laying out on that rock in the middle of the day. We, we can't figure out why. It's almost like, he can't regulate his own body temperature. And Jackie O's like, hmm, that, that is suspicious. I should talk to him about that. So, I mean, that's the thing. Like, everyone in the circle would have to be a shape-shifting reptilian. Otherwise, they would do reptile-like things. Eating their young. She's like, no, John, no. <laughs> anyway, so that kind of goes out the window. The second one is a little darker. And this is one that people have kind of floated around for a while, is that See, not a lot of people knew this. JFK actually had some serious medical conditions. When he got shot, he got hit by the first bullet, and he still was sitting up. Because he had on a back brace. He had really, really bad back pain. So when he got shot with the first shot and went through his throat, he couldn't duck down. He was a sitting duck, literally. Well, not literally. That means he was actually a duck as well. But he couldn't move because he was stuck there with the back brace, so then he got his brains blown out. So not a lot of people know that that he has a lot of back problems. He was constantly on painkillers, anti-anxiety agents, stimulants, sleeping pills to take the edge off the stimulants. He was on Ritalin. He, ha- he was getting injections of something called gamma globulin to combat infections. And there was a rumor that he was getting vitamin B shots, which was actually a code word for crosstops, which is a code word for methamphetamines. Methamphetamine used to be available over the counter. They're just like pep pills. But we had a guy who had a lot of physical problems. And a guy who's Roman Catholic. And a guy who has the weight of the world on his shoulders. And this conspiracy theory goes by that he reached out to the mob, which he did have connections to through his father. His father was a bootlegger. That he reached out to the mob and put a hit out on himself. Now, 
people do put hits out on themselves. It's not super common, but it does happen. My pushback to that one would be... Oh, oh, and the other thing before I go on with that. He was Roman Catholic, and they very, very much frown upon suicide. So if you kill yourself in the Catholic tradition, you go to hell. That's not true, but that's what they believe. It would make sense that he wouldn't kill himself. I don't think... I wonder if there's ever been a sitting world leader who's taken their life, other than, like, people are bashing down the door and being like, Put your hands up! We're here to arrest you for all your crimes! I mean, like, other than just sitting there and they're like, No, I'm feeling kind of... I'm feeling like this is the end. I wonder if that's ever happened. I probably should look that up, <laughs> but I guess I don't want to be depressed. But so the idea was that he put a hit out on himself. Says, this is where I'm going to be. Here, I'm going to be in this convertible. You can take me out. I'm done and pay him a bunch of money. There's a couple problems with that. One, everyone knew where he was going to be. He's the president. Two, he loved being in convertibles. That was nothing different. That was nothing new for him to be in the convertible. Three, anyone who took that contract would have a ton of heat on them. But most importantly, four... There's a far easier way to do that, and that would be plane crash, or have a Secret Service agent kill you, or just fall, you know, just get poisoned or something like that. You could say, I don't want to kill myself, Secret Service guy, but will you kill me? And they'll be like, uh... I mean, I guess you'd probably have better luck getting a mobster to set that up than the Secret Service. But I think a president would have more routes rather than getting shot in the head while driving down the street. However, it did make him an icon. Like, I think if Kennedy wasn't assassinated, he would just be a president instead of this whole fall of Camelot type of thing. He would have been an okay president. A lot of people deify him, but, you know. So, I've heard that conspiracy theory, too, that he arranged to have himself murdered. But what I think the conspiracy iceberg is actually talking about is did JFK shoot himself? Not in the third person where he's shooting a replica of himself, not where he hires a hitman to kill him. Is it possible that JFK actually shot himself? Now, I always talk about conspiracy icebergs with this caveat. We're going to go, we're going to put on our imagination caps because this, none of this is, <laughs> none of this is going to be true, what I'm going to say. But let's try to make it work. And there actually is a way. There actually is a way to make this theory work. And it's quite simple. It's two of them put together. It's he hired a hitman. He did do the mob thing. Now, again, we have a guy who's in chronic pain all the time. And that first shot comes and gets him right in the neck. And he lives. And he was afraid of that. He was afraid that this hitman, this because the mob's not going to send out their best, because whoever does it is going to get caught. They might be able to pin it on some dude, but for the most likelihood, this guy's going to get caught. Bullet goes in him, and he's like, oh, just more pain. Now I'm going to survive this. I have the best doctors in the world, and now I'm just going to be even more pain. I'll be a hero, because I'll be a president who almost got killed, but that's not what I want. So he pulls out. Listen to this. He pulls out a flesh-colored gun. Looks just like his hand. No one would know in the blink of an eye what he was doing. And here's the kicker. Anyone in that car wouldn't tell. That at that last moment, when they see him pull out the flesh-colored gun, maybe it was wrapped in human skin, skin of a couple communists, puts it under his chin, blows his brains out, and Jackie O's like, I should have figured. I was wondering why he was wrapping that human skin around that gun. And the people in the front seat are like, 
I'm never going to say anything, because that will totally ruin his legacy. Now, is that possible? If you look at the Zapruder film, you see how I dodged that question? If you look at the Zapruder, the Zapruder film, we see him put his hands to his face before his head's blown off. Now, unfortunately, I had to watch it a couple times for this podcast, and it was disgusting, and I hate it. I hate that video. I mean, it's a piece of American history. I've seen it multiple times throughout my life, but I just think it's so grim. He does put his hands to his face. Visually, you could see the idea that someone could say he shot himself with a flesh-colored gun. It looked exactly like his hand. But, that all being said, the idea of somebody taking their own life is, is simply grim enough. It happening in public is even worse. And it happening at a celebration for that person might be the worst combination of the three. Usually with the conspiracy iceberg topics, I say, could be, possibly. I give my own spin on it, like I did with The Ocean at Night, Paleolithic Deep State, golf rumors, and stuff like that. But this one particularly, I think that he did not shoot himself. I think it's pretty clear just from bullet trajectory and ammo type and the wound and everything like that, that it wasn't a self-inflicted gunshot wound from a flesh-colored gun. I was really saying that to throw out that conspiracy theory. This is probably the first conspiracy theory I've come across on the conspiracy theory iceberg that I believe is 100% false. Every other one, there's wiggle room to it, but this one, because we just have the sheer amount of evidence proving otherwise that he did not shoot himself, this one is probably the first one I've covered where I think unequivocally it's fake. Now, like I said in the beginning, I'm not talking about multiple shooters, grassy knolls, stuff like that. You can go deep in that stuff if you want. It's not my interest. But I think it's interesting because out of all the Conspiracy Iceberg episodes I've done, this is the first one that I I did my research on and it was like, I'm going to assume this is true. And it's the first one I've walked away from saying 100% fake, 100% word soup. Someone thought it was funny to put on a board. It's a very evocative image for a man who we all know was assassinated to have taken his own life. But in the end, I don't think that happened. And what's interesting is I don't think anyone who listened to this episode thought that I would think it would happen. But the power of the story is what kept me researching. Because when we find a chink in the armor of an established narrative, We just have a natural instinct to explore it. Some people go in too deep and they get lost in the conspiracy theory. Other people just go, interesting. But that's not true. And move on with their lives. And I think that is the difference between someone who is obsessed with conspiracy theories, who hears something and can never let it go, Or, someone who's simply intrigued by them. Maybe they believe a few of them, but for the most part, they just kind of laugh and go, that's interesting, and they move on with their lives. That's an important difference. It's important to remember when we find these stories that seem very evocative, to take off that imagination cap and go, that was fun, but it wasn't true. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. 
Twitter is at Jason O'Carbiner. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.